Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied of each of you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to welcome everyone again to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Minister Marcus Taylor, and as always for me, um, it's a privilege and an honor to come before you talking about and sharing the Word of God. Amen. But I pray everyone has been blessed and they're staying safe. Yes, we are still in the midst of this pandemic, but Lord be praised, we are here. Um, I would admonish all of you to continue um, taking the precautionary measures to make you, you and your family safe. Amen. Well, on tonight, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. Um, our focus verse is going to be coming from the second chapter. And uh, it's verse five. But I want to start off with um, giving you a little bit of a kind of an overview in verse in uh, chapter one. Amen. So we'll be starting off with chapter one. And then we'll lead up and finish uh, with our focus verse, which is in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. But as always, I want to breathe a word of prayer and then we'll go ahead and get started. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not to, to any temptation, but deliver us, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Father God, I also say, Father God, that we come before you, Lord, giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor which is due your name. Lord, I decrease and step out the way. And I ask the Holy Spirit to increase and to take over, to lead, to guide, and to teach this lesson on tonight. We can't do anything without you, Father God. And Lord, I'm praying that someone will hear something tonight that will prick their spirit, that will allow them or help them to want to know more about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And always, Lord, I give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus Christ's holy but righteous name. It is so, and amen. Well, again, as we're talking on tonight, we're going to be hitting the book of Philippians, chapter chapter 2, verse 5 is our focus verse. But again, as I said earlier, we're going to start in, in chapter 1, and we're going to work our way to our focus verse amen i think it's important that you have a context of what um, is going on before you get to the focus verse um, of what you're teaching or what you're preaching amen uh, far too often you have ministers and teachers and preachers that just jump in a take a verse of scripture jump into it and start talking about that verse without giving the audience or those who are listening uh, context and there's some very important questions that i'm going to ask as we go through this particular segment, which are, I believe, and vital, vitally important as you uh, dissect, as you exposit, as you actually teach um, any text of scripture. It's important that you know what's going on um, before you get to your, your topic or your focus verse. Amen. So we're going to be doing that. And I just pray that you have your Bibles, of course. Um, if you want to take notes, I would advise you to get you a piece of paper and a pen so you can write down some key important information or some key notes or bullet points that are going to be given in light of our segment on tonight. Amen. So let's go ahead and get started. So if you have your Bibles, um, and I pray you do, meet me in the book of Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to read uh, the entirety of the first chapter, and then I'm going to work my way over to chapter 2. And read down to verse 5. And then we'll start talking about this particular um, 
two chapters. Amen. Now, if I had to make a uh, title for this, it would be Get Your Mind Right. Get Your Mind Right. Um, why am I saying that? Because we're going to be talking about uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And uh, when I get to that verse, you'll see why I named it Get Your Mind Right. Because your mind is very important as it relates to your obedience, as it relates to your service to God. That's one of the most important aspects of a believer is to have, have his or her mind focused totally on the Lord. If your mind is scattered and, and unfocused, um, your actions, your walk, your service is going to reflect that. But we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul and what he was trying to do for this Philippian church. And I guess that I can say that most churches here in our day and time need to take heed to what the Apostle Paul was trying to teach and the admonishment, the encouragement that as you will see that he's giving the Philippian church. Um, this is very vital information for all of you um, who are not familiar with the writings of Paul. Um, he's probably, for me, one of the most influential figures in the Bible just because of his teachings and his writings in the New Testament. Amen. So, again, if I, I would ask that you get your Bibles and we're in Philippians chapter one. And I'm going to start at verse number one. Amen. Paul and Timothy. The servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy. Verse five for your fellowship. In the gospel, the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, even as it is meet for me to think of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the de defense and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you, all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and the praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Verse 17 
but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in, in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me is to live, Christ is to die as gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. For I am in straight betwixt between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. In verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Chapter 2 and verse 1. If therefore be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And our focus verse tonight, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let it be a blessing to the reading, to the hearing, and to the application of God's most holy and righteous word. Amen. All right. So we're. Talking about Philippians chapter 1, and we're leading up to chapter 2 and verse 5. As I stated at the outset of this particular podcast, 
I was going to be asking some very important questions as it relates to what our text is, because it's important that you ask questions. This is how you're able as a reader, as a study person, as you are looking at the word, as you're trying to glean nuggets of understanding, you must ask questions about the text that you're reading. So we're going to be doing this. And the reason why I'm, I'm doing it this way is to show you or give you a nugget, to give you a tool to study the Bible. Was the Bible said in Philippians, I mean, in Second uh, Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, that last part in that verse is very key. Rightly dividing the word of truth. How can you rightly divide the word of truth, you ask? You rightly divide the word of truth by getting the truths that are in the particular section or text that you're reading, that you're studying, and finally, if you are um, attempting to teach it or to preach it, amen. So, if you have your notes um, available, I want you to write this, this first question down. You must ask yourself when reading any text, and for us, we're in Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. The question is, who is speaking? Well, this, this question can be answered easily. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. So based off of what we just read, you answer the question yourself in your homes. Who is doing the speaking? Paul and Timothy. Amen. But the writer, primary writer is Paul. Verse 1 says, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So that's the first question that you're asking when you're trying to um, expose it or to dig or to understand what the text is actually saying, leading up to your focus text. Amen. All right. The next question that you should ask yourself when studying or reading the Bible to get clarity is to whom is the author speaking? Well, we know the author is Paul. Now we're going to ask the question and answer the question, who is he speaking to? This question, too, is also answered in verse number one. Let's look at it. Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, here it is, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. That's the answer to that question. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. So this is another question that you ask yourself as it relates to when you're trying to understand what the word of God is saying. Now, let me go back for go back before we continue and give you another qualifier. The one of the most and probably the most important thing that you must do before you start any reading, before you start any studying is ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. The Holy Spirit, by far, is the best teacher you will ever have. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit, by far, is going to be the best teacher that you, a believer, a saint of the Most High God, will ever have. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that, will, as the Bible says, will reveal all truth to you. You have to know what's being said 
but you also have to be led by the Spirit because if the Spirit of God is in you and dwells in you, He will teach you all things. Amen? All right, now, I want to say this too, and this might, I hope it doesn't offend anyone, but I have to be honest and truthful and tell you how I feel. I'm not downing seminaries. I'm not downing Bible colleges um, if that's what you choose to do. Me personally, I don't think they're needed. Um, and the reason why I say that is, and it's not a knock against them, it's the, it's the fact that um, certain Bible colleges or certain seminaries have a particular doctrine that they stand by and a particular doctrine that they teach and that they want their students to teach and to proclaim. Well, no particular doctrine, aside from what the Bible is saying, is valid. Let me just say that. I believe what the Word of God says. Now, again, this is not a knock against those anyone who wants to go to a Bible college to get a little bit more understanding. But you just have to be careful um, to not be indoctrinated into a certain belief system that could go contrary to what the word of God is saying. And I would say this, if they're not teaching you from the Bible or they're teaching you from their perspective and giving you their opinion, then you probably don't need to be there because you're not getting the truth of truth of what God has said in his particular word. Amen. All right. Now, I digress, but let me get back to where we are. We're asking the questions on how we're going to dissect this particular segment, which we are in. Now, the question was asked, number one, who is speaking? We determined that it was the Apostle Paul. The next question that we wanted to address was to whom was the Apostle Paul speaking? And we determined that also from Philippians, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. He's speaking to the church at Philippi. Amen. All right. Now, the third question that you must you must ask as relating to uh, being able to understand and get a around um, a total um, understanding of the context of what you're reading is what are the circumstances uh, while Paul was writing? In other words, why? was Paul writing to the church at Philippi? Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read some things, but let me say this. I'll give you a little hint before we start reading. The Apostle Paul has started many churches, and him being an apostle, and if you go back and just know and get a, de a definition of what an apostle actually does, they're basically not staying in one location. They're planning, they're moving. They're planning, they're moving. But they're also overseeing the plants that, they, that they've established. In other words, they check on, they watch, they listen to hear reports. Um, they're constantly um, in, in acknowledgement of what that particular church or organization that has been started is doing. And the Apostle Paul in this particular day and time was no different. He started this church at Philippi, and he was their overseer, and he's checking on them. And when he's checking on them, like any good leader, any good shepherd, you want to encourage your people. Because of the fact that he couldn't be there all the time, he knows that the attacks of the enemy were going to be rampant, and they were going to be frequent. We all know that the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Well, that's the same thing as, as it relates to um, how the church is being governed and how it's being set up. The enemy doesn't want to see the furtherance of the gospel. He doesn't want to see people sharing the word of God. And he doesn't want to see people gathering, praising the Lord. Amen. So 
we know that even in our day and time, the enemy comes and tries to disrupt some type, some, sometimes the service. He tries to get the people all focused. He tries to set discord in the midst of the believers. And I'm quite sure in this particular instance, he's doing the same thing. Amen. So verse two says, grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I thank my God up on every remembrance of you, always in prayer of, of mine for you all making requests with joy. So we know that Paul um, circumstances that he's trying to encourage this particular group of believers at Philippi. And it says that in verse four, that he's praying for them, making his requests made with joy. In other words, he's being what a good overseer, what a good pastor is supposed to do, pray for the saints and to make sure that he's checking on them, that he's leading them in the right path. Amen. Verse five says for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. In other words, he has been praying. He has been, um, understanding that he must check on them and lead them from the first day that the Philippian church had even started. He has not left them to themselves. He has not just left them, let them fly by the seat of their pants. He has been there, whether he's physically there or he's writing to them as he is in this particular letter to check on them. Amen. Verse five says again, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, it goes back to verse four, which says, always in every prayer of mine for you, making requests with joy. Now, verse six says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's giving them encouragement. He's telling them, be confident of this very fact that the one who started this good work in you will perform it. And who's the one who's going to finish the work? That's God. He's going to perform the finished product until the day that Jesus Christ comes back. In other words, he's making sure that the work that that particular church is doing is going to be successful as long as they focus on God, as long as they focus on the gospel, and as long as they focus on sharing the truth of God's word. Amen. God's going to make sure that his word goes forth. Amen. All right. Verse seven says, even as it is me for me to think of to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart and as much as both in my bonds and in the, def in the defense and confirmation mm -hmm. of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. Paul is saying there, if you go back and do a study on the Apostle Paul, he was actually thrown in jail a lot. Um, he was actually beaten. Um, they tried to stone and kill him. Paul went through a lot of things, but he's saying here in verse seven, it doesn't matter what I'm doing or if I'm if I'm if I'm in prison or if I'm away from you, I'm always going to acknowledge. I'm always going to be concerned about you. Amen. So we've answered the question number three. What are the circumstances while Paul is writing? He's writing to this Philippian church because he wants to encourage them. He wants to make sure that everything is running smooth. So he's giving them that encouragement. And we as believers, we too need to be encouraged. We need to be edified. We need to be built up at times. So this is nothing that we um, are not familiar with, even in our day and time. We want our shepherds. We want our, our leaders. We want our, our overseers to encourage us because we all get down. We all get distracted and the enemy comes 
to tempt. He comes to try to take people off course in all churches. Amen. So this is a good example of what it means to be a good leader. Amen. All right. The fourth question that you need to answer as relates to when you're studying a particular text of scripture is what is the subject? And that's easy. The subject is Paul, the apostle, speaking to the Philippian church to encourage them. And what, we, what is he encouraging them to do? Well, he's encouraging them to do a, a, quite a few things. He's encouraging them to do quite a few things. And I would just tell you, but I want to go ahead and read it. Amen. So I want to go to verse number. Let's go to verse eight. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you and all the vows of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That's number one. The question is, what is the subject? Paul is praying for this church that their love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Amen. Judgment and I mean, knowledge of what? Knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and the praise of God. And there's another key point. What is the subject? That the Philippian church being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Verse 12 says, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. Paul is saying there that he's been, he's been hindered a little bit. There's some things that have happened in his life that have tried to stop him for the furtherance of the gospel. But Paul, as you, if you go back and study any of his writings, didn't let anything stop him from proclaiming to the Gentiles and all who would listen about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul saying that even in my bonds, let it be an example. And let it be an encouragement to you who are in the gospel or trying to share the gospel to be more confident. Don't let what's happening to me stop you from sharing the word of God. This is a point that we all should be doing as believers here right now. Whatever has happened, especially this pandemic that we're going through. Don't let it stop you from sharing the word of God. I'm not letting it stop me from sharing the word of God. I continually want the people to understand that Jesus is Lord. And that you need to be saved. Amen. All right. So we've answered the question. What is the subject? And the last question is. What is the goal or hope that will come out of this particular letter? Okay. To answer that question. We're going to go ahead and we're going to skip down to. Let's go to verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and hope. That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, rather it be by my life or death. That's another key point. The goal of what Paul is talking about to the Philippian church is that even in his being in bonds, 
that he's still going to display boldness, that it be magnified, whether it be in his body or whether he live or whether he die, that he's saying to the Philippian church, whatever happens to me, I still want you to continue on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. In the book of Romans, chapter one and verse 16, Paul makes a bold statement that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel of God, for it is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ was the power of God unto salvation to all who who would believe to the Jew first and to the Greek. Amen. This goes right in line with what we're talking about here in the book of Philippians chapter one. Again, what is the goal or hope that's going to come out of this particular letter? Moving on, let's skip down to verse 24. Nevertheless, to abide and that word abide means to remain in the flesh is more needful for you and having this confidence i know that i shall remain and continue with you all for your furtherance and the joy of faith paul is saying it doesn't matter to me i could go and leave and be with christ or i can stay with you but it's it's more helpful for you that i stay and continue to be your help your overseer and your leader amen all right so and the last part of this is we're asking the same question in number five. What is the goal or help or what is the hope that was going to come out of this letter? Let's go ahead and go to our focus verse. Or let's start at chapter two and verse one. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill my joy that you be like minded. One of the other keys that we need to understand is in verse our fifth question is number two, fulfill my joy that you be like minded. Remember the title is get your mind right. He's telling them get on the same page. How do you get the same page? You're like minded. You're thinking the same thing. You're going in the same direction. So that's one key to the answer of number five. Now we're going to continue on. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Don't be selfish. That's the second point. Don't be selfish. Number one is that you be on the same page. You be of one accord. Point number two is let nothing be done out of selfishness or vainglory. It says in verse 3. But in lowliness of mind, let each of you esteem himself better esteem others better than themselves. We have to realize that one of the most important commandments that we could ever come up with is that we must love our, our brothers more than we even esteem ourselves. Amen? Because it's important. Jesus left this for us. We must learn to look at others as we would look at ourselves. In other words, we should be able to help or want to help other people just like we would want to help ourselves. Amen. That's being like-minded because each believer should think the same way. All right, moving on. Number four, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I just mentioned that, that we should not look at what we're doing as a focus, but we should also be concerned about our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And number five, uh, verse five, which is our focus verse, 
And our last point, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That is the focus of what we were expecting or what this letter um, in Philippians 1 and this small section in chapter 2 is going to be talking about. Amen. All right. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, the mindset that Christ had as it relates to serving, the mindset that Christ had as it relates to, to prayer, the mindset that Jesus Christ had as it relates to his fellowship and commune with God, the mindset that, that, that Jesus had as it relates to sharing the gospel, we should have those. It should be a, a direct reflection in the mirror of us and how Jesus lived and how he taught and how he actually lived his doing the word. Amen. All right. So I pray that something was said in this particular segment that will help you in your journey. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I'll give a quick prayer and then we'll end this particular segment. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank and praise you, Lord, for this time we've had, Father God, to go through your word. I pray, Lord God, that something was said to your people that will help them to be more effective in their study. I pray, Lord God, right now in the midst of this pandemic, that, Lord, you will guard the hearts and minds and heal your people who have been affected. And, Father God, there's some other things that are going on socially, Lord, that way I'm asking and praying that you intervene in. Help us, Father God, to realize that the only way that any of this is going to to go away or to to stop is to trust you. You're the one that's in control. Man can't control anything. As a matter of fact, man will mess up everything. So, Father, we're asking, we're praying, we're seeking you on a more intimate level, crying out to you, Father God, help. Help us, Father God, in this hour. Lord, we repent. And we certainly say that we're sorry for our part that we played in this, Father God. Lord, I believe wholeheartedly that if it not, had not been for our blatant disobedience, we wouldn't be in the predicament that we are in. Father God, I'm asking right now that you would save somebody before it's too late. Touch the hearts of those who don't need, who need you, Lord God, that they will come to a knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, these things I pray in the awesome name of my Lord and Savior. Let it be done. And it is so. And amen. Everybody be blessed and continue to pray. Until next time, everyone get a full knowledge of God's word. For in knowledge of God's word is his truth. Amen.